Welcome to WTF and Vanadeal, the first podcast of a Final Fantasy XI podcast that could be the last podcast of a Final Fantasy XI podcast featuring Spicy Ryan and... Uh, the Fox Danger. So, Fox, you started in 2004? Yeah, it was uh, back in 2004 on a server called Diablos. It oh. died very... How did you get to a server then? Well, uh, I actually... Ended up uh, server hopping off for a while um, back in the day, doing that whole H and M camp farm scene, and uh, I ended up on Titan. And then uh, I believe it was Titan that closed down, and it just kind of forced me to come on over here. Uh, I just was looking for a place with an auction house that worked. Oh well, I'm pretty simple. I started in 360. It was like my first game on the 360 because that's how cool I am, and I uh, saw that. And the only other Final Fantasy I ever played before was like 10 because I never, you know, I had like Nintendo Entertainment System and N64 and shit growing up. I never had, uh, you know, PlayStation. So I didn't even really know what Final Fantasy 11 was. So I picked 10 at random one day in the store because it's like, oh, that's cool. That's cool. Or I'll, uh, I'll pick that. And then when 11 came out, I'm like, well, that's the next one. Might as well get that one. And I'm like, oh, wait, it's on Xbox and it's online. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. And it said, welcome to Pandemonium. I'm like, well, I guess it is pretty crazy around here, so, uh, you know. <laughs> right. Oh, man, now I'm playing with other people. I literally didn't know my server for, like, a year was named Pandemonium. Not even, it was about a year or so. I didn't even know it was the server. That's pretty great. And then I was... I, uh, sorry, Joe. That was fine. Uh, I, was, I was a merchandiser, and uh, I hadn't even heard of Final Fantasy. Like, nobody existed. And uh, it's probably my dog's barking, of course. But uh, I was working with a buddy, um, and he just randomly brought it up. He's like, "What fantasy?" Yeah, I do. And he started talking to me about this game. I just immediately started like theory crafting job combinations and stuff based off the things that were available in 04. And then I finally ended up getting on, and uh, it was it was an experience starting out back then. You know, this is going to be a real cheap shot and uh, and cheesy at that, which is very much in line with what I always say, but. That makes you the first Bray games, God. Yeah, right. Uh, it's funny. I actually had that Brady games guide, and uh, in there were a lot of the uh, the same brews that I had thought of. Like I remember, I thought Summoner Sub Ninja was going to be the coolest thing because it had a long cast time, but you could do a wield spell interruption clubs, and it, it just awful, awful ideas that well, uh, seemed good at the time. You mean you could dual wield and get Moonlight to get your MP back, and you wouldn't, you know, you could have Shadow? That sounds great, man. That's that's great. Summoner Sub Ninja is uh, a hidden gem that we haven't discovered yet. If only. I think we could uh, change the face of the Azure metagame. <laughs> uh, so we're, we're running this off of the greatest quality setup, too, for everyone who might have heard that. I'm in bed with a laptop, and uh, you're talking through uh, a garbage can or a brick oven or something. I don't know. Well, one day I'm going to upgrade to the brick oven, but uh, yeah, it's definitely a garbage can right now. Uh, well, hopefully everyone forgives us. Not that we really want their forgiveness. Forget them. Please forgive me. So, uh... How do I never even met you in game before I met you in real life? That was actually kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, just got invited to a wedding, and of course my dogs are barking now that I'm talking. And uh, uh, got invited to a wedding. I ended up flying out there, and they're like, "Hey, yeah, you know who Spicy Ryan is?" And I was like, "Yeah, I've heard of him. I hear he does BG things." 
And then uh, we kind of hung out and uh, I got to watch you uh, grind coffee at the groom. Oh God, PG thinks I'm PG's black sheep. As far as uh, as far as that goes, I just do things there. I'm I'm PG only an editor name. That's about it. <laughs> yeah, I I don't really get involved with the community at large. In fact, most of the people listening, you, there's a higher chance they know you um, more than they know me, and that's by design. I intentionally tried to avoid a, a lot of people, um, but. Uh, I still do what I can to try to help like the, the small groups and, and parts of the community that I'm in just try to play the game later. Yeah, I thought I was a patient person, but uh, last night we were doing the whole, hey, let's talk to each other for the first time because outside of the wedding, I hadn't actually, Murr's wedding for anyone who's wondering, not like I married you. Uh, outside of that, I hadn't actually talked to you, maybe in game when we did some Lilith farming for the, the malignants, but outside of that, I hadn't actually talked to you and I was just thinking one day, I'm walking, I'm like, what if I did a podcast and I'm like, okay, who would I host it with? Who would be the co-host? Who'd be the secondary host, the main host, whoever. And I'm like, uh, Hmm, I don't know anyone to do that. And then I just like, wait, what about the Fox? And I'm like, I haven't even talked to him. I don't even know. Let's see. And then here we are. Clearly he's crazy enough to accept. Uh, well, you know, I am the, uh, shit poster extraordinaire. Yeah, that's what I gather. You're the only person I know who can aggro people while AFK. Oh, it's great. I'll, I'll just come back and someone's yelling about me and I'm like, huh, what did I do? Right. And, it's and I go out of my way to just avoid that completely. Like, I see I see all the, the, the toxicity and yell. And I'm just like, I'll zone in my log house now. I am an absolute nobody. I mean, just because I wrote some things online that people use, I am still an absolute nobody. So it's still kind of blows my mind that people wave to me and they're like, hey, I know you. I'm like, no, 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 you don't know me. I usually don't even wave back because, I mean, yeah, I'm a, I'm a bit of an asshole if anyone didn't notice, but it's just, I don't even know these people and they wave and it's like, okay, and then I'll zone into somewhere else and 10 minutes later someone will wave and it's like, I, I don't, it's very, it's very tiring to be like, oh, oh well, hi. Uh, hi again. Oh, you're welcome. It's like, I, I don't. I just want to put stuff out there for people. I don't want to be your friend. Fair enough, man. Yeah, a little of the same thing happens to me, um, but for slightly different reasons. Um, because I am always helping like random people. Like I'll get words from people, and like sometimes I'll get tells, but I won't really know who that person is. So I can come off as an asshole, but I don't mean to. And it's just because it's like, hey, you. I, I don't quite know who you are, but I'm glad I helped you out. You know, sort of thing. What was your first job since you were around 75, Cap? What was your first 75 job? Uh, first 75 job was Red Mage. You want to guess mine? I think you know mine. I told you a thing. Puppet Master? Oh, yeah. Puppet Master. A job that took like a year to level to 75 because I couldn't get a party invite. How did that feel after 75, though? Still, like, I couldn't get a link shell because no one wanted me because I was a puppet master and it was my only job. And then my second job was Thief. So then I was a puppet master and Thief, which still at 75, no one really wanted. Hey, props to you just for getting Thief to 75. I knew people who quit at, like, 60. Steve. <sighs> I only ended up stopping playing Thief because once the level cap went up, I just didn't have... I was just pretty much Blue Mage. I didn't have the time to give to all these freaking jobs and Thief kind of fell by the wayside. But now I've been picking it up again, and uh, somehow 
doing decent in parses, but I guess everyone else was terrible in that divergence run last night. Well, I mean, that was its own special monster that maybe maybe we can touch on here in a bit. <laughs> we'll let but, you uh, touch on that. Did you ever think of like maybe appealing to people's morbid curiosities like when it came to pub? Because uh, I can't imagine like anyone knew what it was. It was always just kind of hearsay, right? It's like I heard pub sucks, so why am I going to pick this job up at, at seventy five? When I started this game, um, the first day I turned it off because I started in Port Sandoria and I couldn't find my way out of the zone. So, if for anyone actually thinks I'm very good at this game or that I know things that I, I am, I'm especially you know talented or anything, we're going to dispel that rumor right now because my first day on the game. I turned it off after about 45 minutes because I got so fed up, I couldn't find my way out of Port Sandoria. I walked in a circle in Port Sandoria, and I was, like, running up the staircases and running back, and, like, I ran... I didn't even run into the Mog House. I didn't even know how to find the Mog House. We'll get to that, too, if we want to. I, I didn't know how to actually heal, so I'd run to the Mog House when an NPC told me about it instead of actually resting. That's another thing, but I couldn't find my way out of the freaking port, and I just turned the game off, and I said, well, eh, screw this. And I didn't touch it for like three days. Oh, man, you mentioned the healing thing. Uh, I remember vividly my very first time ever logging into the game. And I immediately went outside and I started fighting something. And I think I was on like Warrior because my original plan was to be a Dragoon in this game. And uh, I was on Warrior to like build up the thing to get that uh, get that sub job. So I go out and I start fighting some stuff. And then I realize, man, I'm, I'm getting low on HP. And then like I start to panic. And then I run back to Sandoria because I also started in Sandoria. And then when I get back to Sandoria, um, I'm sitting there like frantically trying to figure out like the public chat and how that worked because my buddy who convinced me to get on here hadn't gotten on the game yet. And like finally I get to say and I'm like, say and I'm like, guys, I need a potion. I'm about to die and I don't know what happens next. <laughs> I had the same thing kind of happen too. first. I didn't know how to equip armor. So when I finally found the equipment menu after I, I think I might have read the manual or something that came with the game, uh, I found the equipment menu and I'm like, well, I, I clicked my armor. I'm like, well, better put that on. And I click it like, okay, now it's on. And what I was confused because suddenly I have like a black shirt on as a human. I'm like, okay, I guess it's on now because my look changed, even though it looks like I'm not wearing anything. And one by one, I took off all my armor and weapons. And I'm like, okay, put a weapon on. I took it off and I go, okay, now I'm going to go fight something. So I went out as a naked thief to go fight a rabbit and died and lost. That's my first encounter. So, uh, that's a sterling, uh, sterling start to the game there. And then eventually I think I got lucky and the rabbit missed me and I won the next fight because I like died, ran back out. Because I finally eventually found my way out. That was the next time I turned the game on. I turned it on and somehow within like three minutes I found my way out. So maybe I'm just retarded. Uh, let's not answer that question. But then uh, I didn't know how to heal. So like I won and I didn't know how to heal. And so I ran back into town and I ran to the smithing guild and I knew what to talk and say. So I was running the smithing guild. And there's all these people crafting. There's like seven people all crafting like tin ingots and everything because people actually used to do that back in 2006. And I say and say, how do I heal? How do I heal? And then, like, no one's answering me because I'm a jackass asking, how do I heal? And I'm running around naked asking that, so they think I'm trolling. Dude, watch it ends up being that you're actually just playing late at night, and there's the JPs just not understanding what you're saying. No, I think it was just in the middle of the day, Eastern. And it was just, they didn't want to answer me. And then someone told me to rest. And I go, well, how do I rest? And they're like rest and i go i don't know how to do that how is that different from heal 
So eventually, I think I like ran around talking to every NPC to try and get information because I'm old school enough that like you talk to every NPC if you're stuck in the game. Like maybe one of them has the answer. And like one of the NPCs said, if you go to the Mog House, you recover all your hit points. I go, ah, there's the answer. Now I know how to heal. So I went into the Mog House, ignored the Moogle dancing around because I'm like, okay, I don't know what that is. And I run back out. And then I run out to fight a rabbit. I'm like, oh, I got to go heal again. So I run all the way back to Southern Sandoria, run into that Mog House, run all the way back out. I'm like, okay. And then I fight and I level up and I go, ah, finally, I don't have to heal this time. And this went on for a while. I'm still fighting naked, by the way. It sounds like the old guide on how to get to level five. <laughs> I don't know about that one. What is that one? Oh, dude, it's just where you, you fight things for like, you know, four days <laughs> to, to finally make it to level five and decide if, uh, you know, when once you get your first weapon skill, if this is really the class for you. <laughs> you don't even at that point you're committed. If you're a thief punching with your hands and not a dagger, you uh, don't get your first weapon skill, by the way. Right. So I think I hit level f like six or seven eventually and I'm killing the rabbits and they're pretty easy now. And, like, some Galka walks up to me. I think his name was, like, Thanusk, like, uh, with a Z at the end. So Thanus, an X at the end, sorry. I'm saying it instead of whatever. And he was a Galka, and he goes, do you need any help in auto-translate? And I go, yes. Please. And because of this one Galka, who I actually saw from on and off, I'd run around and just run into him occasionally. I'd s I saw him on and off for years, even into, like, the 99 Voidwatch era. So, like... A solid chunk of time later, I would see him and wave to him for all those years. I haven't seen him in a long time. He's probably dead or gone or, I don't know, Corona got him or something. Hopefully not, since, you know, without that guy, I wouldn't uh, be here for all everyone to love and adore me. Yeah, you owe all of Final Fantasy to this man. Yeah, so everyone who uh, hates me, uh, you can thank, uh, I, I think his name was like T-H-N-O-S-X or T-H-A-L-N-X, something like that. But he was a Galka. Some kind of curse spelling. So if he's out there, uh, just drop by. Same name. Oh, man. So I don't have anything anything as exciting as like a wrong rescue from a Galka with an obscure name. But uh, I, I originally had, had started on Warrior and all the way up to dealing with the Dunes and all that stuff. And because I wanted to be a Dragoon, I was that warrior using a pole arm. And uh, back then, that was less than ideal because, like, if you weren't using an A plus weapon, you weren't hitting anything. So, like, I was I was definitely a burden on the party, and I didn't even understand. Um, but uh, I remember uh, getting a sub job, having to go back and, and get monk to like sixteen, which was like monk. And then finally, I'm on like warrior sub monk, and my buddy's like, "Oh yeah, I'm glad you're starting to get up there. Maybe we can start partying soon. Like when you get into the fifties, and like that's like two months from now." The fifties and. Uh, yeah, and then I remember like the moment he had an aneurysm uh, because I had hit level 31 on Warrior, and he was like, well, why didn't you go do the Dragoon quest yet? And I'm like, well, because I'm about to change jobs to Red Mage. <laughs> With your pole arm, of course. <laughs> right? But uh, it wasn't even so much about that. But like the dude had, had been so excited about finally getting to, to, to play this game with me, and now I just couldn't because I was starting over level one again. And, uh, like the, the moral of the story is, is like, he was around 65 at this point and he just like, not tired of not being able to play with anyone. So he quit. 
I persisted. So I just rode that Red Mage train right up to 75 because it was the easiest job to get. I, I leveled Red Mage to 18 and then quit back. But you know what else? That guy gave me like a bunch of uh, weapons and armor. And he gave me a, a wax sword on Thief. So I uh, got all the way and I was leveling up and I never had any dagger skill. So I was setting myself up for failure later when I, I'm in the dunes using my wax sword and uh, not doing very well. Wait, but you would have been accidentally ahead of the curve because like Fastblade is better than Wasping? Yes, that's that's also what I was told. Just use Fastblade, it's better. And I'm like, okay, but you know, when you're a thief with no gill because you don't know what the auction house is and you're NPCing <laughs> yeah. your crystals... Oh man! Oh yeah, the the same guy, the same guy. This is like right after I learned that I didn't need potions that I could just walk into the bog house to heal. Um, the same guy finally logs on and he gives me like ten thousand gil, which is a, a decent amount of gil for low level back then. And he's like, "Okay, so this is the auction house. He gave me a brief rundown of how it works and stuff, but it didn't really click with me." So uh, the first thing I did was I bought like a level thirty poem because so I was like, "Man, I can afford this level thirty one." It costs like 7k. I can definitely afford this and then I'll have be like 29 levels ahead of where I should be right now. And then <laughs> I probably can't wear it. Out, yeah, I probably found out I couldn't wear it because he had left that little detail out <laughs> where I was hanging on to this pole arm. And the best part is, is like when I got to level 30, it wasn't even like the best pole arm I could use at the time. Like I picked like just any old one that, that happened to be on sale. That's why it's 7k. Right. It's good stuff. Yeah, I think my guy brought me inside too and showed me how to use the auction house, which sets me up for the next folly. Uh, I would sell things on the auction house, and then I'd go like to the auction house and clear out the sales, whatever, uh, history, and I'd be like, I don't have any gill. Why am I not getting gill? At first I didn't notice, and then I'm like, I don't have any gill. I'm like selling all these things. I'm like, I have no gill. And then I run out of gill because he had given me some gill to start, I believe. And I ran out of gill, and I'm like, I can't buy anything. I keep selling things in the auction house, but I can't get anything. I'm not getting any money. I didn't know you had to go to the Mog House to get the gill from the auction house. So, like, for a while, I'm just, like, for days, I'm walking around just trying to level up and get stronger because I'm like, I got no money. Better go level up. Oh, man. So, eventually, you found out that the spinning moogle was, in fact, important. Yes. Uh, and even when I talked to the spinning moogle, because I learned how to change jobs and store gear, I never clicked on delivery box because why would I do that? Yeah, man, nobody sent you any mail. <laughs> I thought that it was like when people send me things, it goes there. It wasn't where the auction house goes. Like, it should just go right into my inventory. Dude, does that only make sense, right? Well, I imagine it doesn't work that way because much like we found out with all the other exploits from NPCs, someone probably could have just duped all the gill in the game out of the auction house because it comes right from the auction house. So sending a delivery box probably was the greatest... I don't even know if that was originally how it was. That could go all the way back to the founding of the beta or something in the game. And maybe originally, because when you cancel off the auction house, it goes right back in inventory, your weapons and stuff. So maybe you used to just get it right from the auction house and maybe they changed it. I don't know. But we obviously that would have been a huge exploit. It would have absolutely sunk the game if Gil meant nothing. Right. Oh, I'm not even going to pretend like I had the presence of mind back then to even evaluate that. Oh man, I don't even, I eventually, I kept going between jobs too. Like I was in the dunes for so long. The, for, the reason I picked Pup is because I was on some job. I had taken all these different jobs up to the dunes. I don't even know what I was. And I saw some person for the first time on Pup just fighting. And I'm like, what is that? And I'm like, oh shit, what is this? 
And then it's like, oh, this thing's so cool. That's what I'm going to be. And as soon as I saw that, I go, that's what I'm doing. And that's what I'm going to be. And uh, poor choice. Oh, this guy's punching stuff. Andy has a friend. I didn't even care he was punching stuff. I just saw the puppet. I'm like, puppet's the coolest thing in the world. I want one. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, and like that's really the the spirit of it too. Is people should just just chase their dreams. Oh. And this game is full of so much cool shit that you can just like mash together and make work somehow. And like Puppet Master is like right at the top of that. Like just just do it because it's cool, not because like it's supposed to be good. Dude, back then Pup had no. Even if I had seventy five. Uh, Pup had no AF gear. It had no merits. It had, I'm just like, oh boy. And it had finally had merits, but not like I could have used them. But it had none of this, like, special gear and everything. And then it was, like, the worst job in the game with the hand-to-hand skill was, like, a C, which meant a lot back then. And, oh, and, yeah. Oh, you were always missing and wearing nothing but, like, accuracy gear. And you had the weakest punches and your weapon skills were garbage. And you just, your puppet wasn't great either. I don't even think you had stringing pummel right away. Oh no, that came much later. That wasn't until that was like a while after that. I mean, you were using yeah, howling was... fist. I remember using nothing but howling fist on uh, on pup when I was capped because like dragon kick was garbage on pup, and that was before all the weapon skill changes. It was just you had nothing but howling fist. Oh man, maybe backhand blow to skill chain, man. Maybe. Oh, here's another good one while we're talking about how how horrible I am at this game. Uh, I finally did get AF for Pup. It was like the uh, the level 56 hands of that overload or whatever. And someone goes to me in party. They go, why are you wearing those hands to fight? And I go, because the agility makes me hit faster. I didn't know what haste was at level 50-something. That's the best. You said you, you, you were talking, you said you didn't know what beast was? Haste. Haste. I thought agility was haste. Oh, dude, yeah. I mean, why would you know about haste with all the elite parties that you were obviously part of? And that was before I even knew. Like, Copedia wasn't even a thing. It was some page and, like, random blogs. Like, Copedia wasn't until shortly after. Or at least I discovered it later. <laughs> uh, Alakazam was a big thing, too. But people always kind of turn their nose up at its uh, credibility, I suppose. Because uh, oftentimes it didn't have any. Right. Man, the forums were a great place, though. Ooh. Ooh. For anyone who's doesn't know, Auction House wasn't a thing yet. Clopedia was in, like, its infancy in, what, 2007? Like, it didn't come around until, like, 07, I think. Maybe, maybe 06. Maybe, like, right around when I started. But, I mean, everyone used, like, Alakazam and Killing Ifrit. And, uh, I mean, maybe, like, some of those random... What is it like? Life in Vanadil? What is that thing? Dreaming of Vanadil. You know, I actually didn't find that until like about a year or two ago. Like I remember people had talked about it and then I just never went on that internet journey to go find it. And then like I, I ended up finding it like a, around a year or two ago. And I remember reading the posts in there and it's basically, it's basically Brady Games uh, in those, uh, in those forums. All right, it's the, it's the Brady Games guide all over again. Here's a like people talking about like what race matters in the game, and it used to matter more, but not not really. Yeah, it it mattered. Okay, so like, I guess this is kind of like a, an NQ versus HQ, so normal quality versus high quality kind of argument. Where like if you were on like the higher quality spectrum, like you ended up being one of those players that had access to all the things that you could have. Like the 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 race difference stopped being quite as big. Um, 
I, I know because like Black Mage was ultimately one of the jobs that I ended up doing. And for people who know me in game, I'm a, I'm an elven, and uh, we clearly have our uh, our trademark intelligence. And I mean, I was I was definitely not nuking as hard as Taru's, but like once you got like a certain amount of gear, like you could kind of be an honorary Taru at that point. But yeah, there was definitely like a huge weird thing with race in the game, but it wasn't quite as important as it actually truly was. Much like in America, racism is a thing of the past in Vanadil. There you go. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I, here's a good one. Speaking of Brady games, uh, personal, like, blogs. They weren't blogs. They were just, I don't know what they were. Like, you would find, like, an angel fire site or something. Oh, man, we're going back now. You'd find, like, an angel fire site. And when I was trying to learn about White Mage, because obviously I took my White Mage to, like, 17... Uh, I was a lot of jobs to the teens and the dunes kind of figuring out before I saw that pup thing. Uh, and uh, I saw like uh, someone made like a thing about white mage and where you buy the spells and what they feel about the job. And, and here's the good one. And it was like bar spells. I don't really see what the value of these are. I don't ever use them myself. So I'd recommend not ever buying bar spells. You don't need them. And I go, okay, don't need bar spells. Oh, most people do. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, like most, it was so long before people actually knew what magic evasion really was and like what bar spells did for that. Bar it fire. was like a number. Yeah, and I remember. Dudes. I remember in like the wild earliest days, like some people would be like equipping those elemental affinity items that that raise your element that bar spell would raise, and they would do it because they thought it made like your resists on nukes less less frequent. Like there was there was like the wild west of information back then, man. Oh yeah, here's another one. I had the fish shield on thief. If anyone doesn't know what the fish shield is, it's garbage. But it has, I think it has like minus blizzard resistance or something and plus lightning resistance. And, uh, you know, because I figured a thief really needs a shield to get by. And I was walking around my, I had joined parties in the dunes and I'm like, what does this symbol on my shield mean? I don't even know what this means. And I would ask different people and they check me and they go, I don't know what it means. I think it took like half a dozen people to tell me that it reduces my before I found someone to say it reduces my resistance to lightning or something, and I'm like, well, what's that mean? And it's like, uh, mm-hmm. I found that, like, usually around, like, the mid-30s, your information that you got from other people in your party started getting a little better, and then, like, usually around 50, um, because people had suffered enough um, through trial and error, like, a lot of the information got, got pretty decent, at least, you know, from, from what they could gather from, like, their link shells and stuff, but um, there was never anything as formal as the testing that we have nowadays. So like, it was, it, I, I, looking back on it, I can't blame people for not knowing how that stuff works because nobody had like a set way of figuring it out. And I think that's part of why, why we talk about this is um, a lot of people have like these weird rose colored glasses for these days back then, like, like playing original final fantasy 11 was like some sort of gift. And <laughs> it was not. Yeah, it was it was probably one of the most tedious experiences that you'll ever face as a gamer. Rosy retrospection. Yeah, yeah, and I mean even even at uh, even at level seventy five and like doing cool stuff with H and M's and you know the things you could only aspire to after like two years of trying to get to that point. Um, it was it was a bunch of waiting around and not really doing much and, and like just basically shit posting on forums because you're waiting for Nidhogg to spawn. Um, stuff that all these people were like, oh, I used to be like the leap bestest. And they, they really weren't. You just 
killed a mob when it spawned eventually. It was basically whoever had the most personal stamina and, you know, the most cocaine to snort to keep you through up through the night. Uh, I think Mountain Dew was more of the thing back then for those people because they were too busy spending the cocaine money on bots. That's true. You can't you can't buy bots and have cocaine when you're still in high school. Well, no, 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 no. Some of the people were, were in college and they were choosing, uh, you know, Fafnir over, you know, I don't know. They were probably studying psychology because they needed it for better H&M camping troll tactics. Oh, yeah, man. Got to take psychology in uh, college so you can unnerve the competition uh, and all those competing link shells going against you. Yeah. I, I mentioned it because I actually was a huge part of that scene, and that's ultimately why I started server hopping. And like when people look back on that, I always kind of wonder if they were genuinely a part of it. Because it seems like everyone uh, who you talk to in this game is like an expert on how things used to be in the 75 days. And a lot of times it's kind of suspect based on how they exactly see it. I'll be the first to admit I never did H&Ms back in the day because, one, I wasn't good enough with my fucking puppet master. Yeah, for sure. Two, I just I wasn't going to camp something for hours and hours. I'm not doing that. The The closest I came to H&M was camping Charybdis and uh, Krutzet. And, uh, I mean, those are it. Yeah, and your life was probably infinitely, infinitely for the better for that. Oh, is it? Is it? Uh, dude, for for that for that period of time, I'm going to go on a limb and say that uh, not standing there, uh, staring at darters moving around in Dragon's Aries is probably for your benefit. Well, you know, if I haven't dispelled the starry eyes of anyone who thought I was something before, that'll do it. Yeah, man. This Guardian Camp H&M's. Oh, one time I did claim when, you know, 75 cap was close to ending. Uh, not that we knew it was close to ending, but I did claim um, Tiamat. And uh, that was a that was a fun thing. Didn't beat that, but hey, we gave it a shot. Did you do it as a group, or were you just out there messing around? There was a few of us out there. I don't know if I was out there for someone's COP, or I think, no, I think we just ran out there to see if it was up. And, like, there was a few of us, and it was up, and we claimed it, and we're, like, asking everyone in the link shell to get there. And, of course, you got to be like, hold on, shouting for teleport. Hold on, getting a chocobo. Oh, yeah, that's right. So you end up holding it, and then you kind of, even when everyone got there, you kind of run out of stamina, the tank dies, you don't really have enough tanks because you're a, a social link shell. I would say the most the, the most terrible experience out of those isn't, it wasn't really the Tiamat, it was actually with Jormungand, because people could not figure out, like, magic aggro and trying to avoid side aggro at the same time while fighting one of those. So... Basically, if you didn't have that party running around killing all the ads in the area, which is generally how you how you made that shit work, um, you just had like this miserable experience of of your back line just constantly getting molested while your tanks got blown up. I think molested like, is a pretty just, gentle word for that one. Oh yeah, dude. Hypothermic combustion is the uh, is a uh, TP move that will forever be ingrained in my mind. Well, that's like how I was saying bar spells. If you had bar fire against goblins in the uh, dunes, that would keep your party from... When the goblin drops a bomb at full hit points, he might have still kill you, but that was like a party ender. That would kill like four people out of the party, and then the white mage would be left to run away to the zone line. Oh, especially when you get like the overambitious like 14 and 15 somethings, because like all of the clipper camps are taken. So like you know what I think we can take goblins. We have we have a real power. Oh, that happened all the time. Or like, oh, man. or or the groups that got excited because they had a bard at that level, and it's like, what are you going to give us pay on? 
Hey, hey, they had Minuet. Yeah, but it was never Haste that was talked about either. It was always like the Attack Boost songs and stuff. We didn't have it in the Dunes at that point anyway. Well, right, right. I mean, that was more of a thing once you once you got into the 50s and stuff. But I remember even in the 50s, like when I was lucky enough to get a uh, Barden party, um, a lot of times they still just sung Minuets. They didn't bother with Haste. I ended up loving my Bard to 37. Do you know why? Um, I is this like a tanking thing? No, 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 no. That was after the. I was never part of the H and M scene where they. Oh, that's right. That's right. So I know what you're talking about because I was familiar with it even back then. Because I, I don't know how I found out about it, but people talked about it on the forums. I think is how I found out. And um, no, it's my bard still 37 to this day. It was because of Wings of the Goddess when it first came out. There was no rental chocobos. There was no teleporting. There was no nothing. You had to run over the entirety of the entire region in the past. So I just leveled Bard to 37 so I could use Raptor Mazurka. Yep, Mazurka. Oh, man. Yeah, that was a that was a that was a rough expansion to get to get going too, because like it had significantly more running around than any other any other expansion that got released at the time, because uh, what a lot of people nowadays don't really know is that it was like released over the course of like years like that in COP. It was about so, almost three years. Yeah. So, so like you would hit these, you, you would like hit these walls kind of like what they're doing with the most recent uh, expansion stuff they're doing with um, uh, the, the weird shadow goblin. Um, you, like you hit these walls after like a couple quests and it's like, Oh, well I got to stop and, and go back and stuff. And, and like the, the running around back then for some of the missions was was pretty intense. Like I don't know if anyone has like recently run through the ones that got this like like the, the first missions where you got to run from like the maw to one of the random like Garlage Citadel and then like to Sandoria and and it's uh, it's 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 a hell of an adventure. Here like go. I wish I had thought to have uh, part of thirty seven. Uh, Wings of the Goddess was released, what, November 22nd, 2007? The final fight with Lilith, the page on BG without looking up dates, was created December 7th, 2010. So it took over three years to finish Wings of the Goddess, and in that time, the cap went from 75 up to, like, 95 or 99. Maybe even 90 when it came out, because I think the I fight was designed 90. for level 90s. Uh, the, I remember it being 90 for Lilith. 90 sounds right, because it wasn't it, like, in tandem with uh, Abyssia? Yes. I don't know. That's, that's hazy. Like it all kind of runs together. And I remember that I stopped playing like right around the time that, uh, that the level cap had hit 90 and I didn't come back until after the void watch era. So like I missed like that huge awkward adjustment period where people were like starting to become like 99 and then high level afterwards. And I heard that was a, that was a, quite the time when people couldn't hit mobs. Yeah, here we go. Uh, Vision of Abyssia was released June 2010. So Abyssia was out uh, before <laughs> Wings of the Goddess was done. Yeah, because that was like the only way they expected you to level two was to just sit around popping boxes That's in like alliance-style com- uh, alliance style CP or XP. That would mean the cap wasn't 90 then because um uh, Let's see the other ones, because it'll be Heroes of Abyssia. Well, they did it in, in, in like, steps of five, though, um, the, the level increases. It was, like, right in line with um, with the actual quest to do it. Like, they released one of those every so often, but they never did it, like, two at a time. Yeah, Heroes of Abyssia came out December 2010, and that would be a zone designed for level uh, 90s. 
So I th- I'm, that pretty much means it was. Yeah, that year. sounds about right. Then the cap went up after that. Yeah. Sometimes I miss not being a, a part of that uh, that particular part of the game, uh, just because there was a like like we were talking about the other day. There was a lot of like cool gear that came out, but it kind of quickly got overshadowed. Like as soon as like anything item level happened because of the the ridiculous power creep. Yeah, what was interesting too is when the cap was going up, instead of that jump in in power creep, uh, when the eye level stuff just invalidated everything, when the cap went up. The stuff was still, for the most part, horizontal. Yeah, your your Abyssia JSC for your job was a huge upgrade, but you used that level uh, eighty two to eighty nine stuff or whatever all the way up into ninety nine, and it was still the best stuff. Half to, not for not all pieces, obviously, but a lot of the stuff was you know some of the best you got, and it wasn't you know you went up ten or so levels, and it was still like okay. I'm still fighting in this, this, and this, and it didn't really matter. You you go up three item levels in a in a thing now, and it pretty much generally invalidates the previous stuff. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Like as as far as like gear goes now, like you just instantly shoot to 119, and then there's all these like convoluted flavors of 119, and I think that's where a lot of some of the newer players get lost is they don't have that uh, uh, that 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 knowledge of progression that they had lived through during that time frame. Yeah, that's true uh, because so. generally if you saw a 75 piece, uh, maybe if it was 72 or something, it'd be, you know, stat to stat. But if it was a level 50 piece without a couple of notable exceptions, like Scorpion Highness, Habergon, stuff like that, you know, the higher level stuff was better stuff. Now, uh, 119 stuff that was released with the first high tier mission battlefields is all a joke. And 119 stuff released now is, is, really good and strong over that and it's the same item level so how do you even know what's what exactly and i can say this coming back to the game because uh, i came back around like early 2018 i want to say i was like in march and i still had the the gear from like pre uh, uh pre void watch so like i didn't have like hardly anything that was item level i, I didn't really understand that and and i i know that feel that uh that the new players have nowadays where like they get on here um, they finally get to like fresh 99 and at least they can start with 117 sparks gear and go from there. Like I, I, I remember not knowing like how to get any of the equipment, you know, I hadn't uh, really experienced BG cause it wasn't really a huge thing when I had, when I had stopped playing um, and Alakazam was gone. So um, I, I know exactly what it was like to, uh, to be lost all over again. Like I, what, what I usually describe it as is, um, nowadays being level 99 and like even being 119 is the new level one. And I associate that a lot with, um, the stories that we just got done telling where we first started the game. Like you, you feel just as lost if you had, if you had missed that progression. And that's a lot of the progression that people are missing nowadays. Like that, uh, meme on BG I have where the person yelled, how do I get to Abyssia? And I linked them to BG and they got all mad. Yeah. Well, yeah. We're all over. Well, yeah, and it, but uh, but people just will always take the the path of least resistance, I guess. I mean, power leveling isn't a new thing. Um, I remember astral burns and Kuroko tunnel and all that jazz. Um, I even came back for a very small amount of time in 2012, and like I experienced like fellow cleaving in Abyssia. Um, but, uh, as far as like, like people looking stuff up and, and getting power level, like past these critical points in their jobs, like I can kind of understand why people don't know what to do because everyone's in such a rush to get to the end that they miss the entire journey completely. 
And that's why I made the one to one nineteen partly. I mean, besides being an important thing that needed to be made, obviously, uh, it was. There's a whole. The game without that, there's no context. Not that it's the greatest context. It's very condensed. But there's no context of, hey, I've reached level thirty. What did people used to do at that point? Well, they could do this mission, this mission, that mission. You know, before they go on to this or that. So, I mean, there was no context, and I think for the people who have sat down and gone through that, hopefully they've gotten more out of the game that you would never, ever even care to find out or know exists without reading something like that. Funny you say that, um, and this is going to sound like an ad for BG, right? But um, I actually had a buddy who started playing the game at the exact same time that I had come back, like maybe like a month after and this was before I was a rune fencer. And then for the people who do know me who are listening to this, if, if you do, um, you know that rune fencer is one of the primary things that I play in game content as. And uh, back then I was just leveling it fresh because my buddy wanted to level something and we wanted to follow like he wanted to follow the game as closely to the original difficulty as, as could be possible. So we duoed everything from like the missions um, as staying at level appropriate, like the like what's kind of recommended in the guide through COP um through wings of the goddess all that stuff like we took breaks and we did the horizontal progression all through that so he could experience it all and what i will say is it was actually really really fun yeah that's actually yeah because now that i think about it i've been working on the 119 again for the first time in a long time because it's missing domain invasion and other important things that i put in there but uh, I looked at the date on that and it was three years ago in like uh, october 2017 or something i made it so I'm like, oof, it's been a while. Yeah, but I mean, it still holds up. Yeah, it does. That's why I haven't had to do too much to it, because obviously those things don't change back then at level 30 and stuff. And as long as people want to like play a game and not just like rush to content that they really have no business doing yet um, and, and just actually enjoy the experience of this game, like if you go through all of that stuff at the appropriate level, like you're doing yourself a service of learning the game for one, um, but you don't have all of those awkward waits and pauses that we had back then. So like we couldn't enjoy like a continuous story or a continuous level progression because we would hit these barriers and have to sit at them for like months and then pick it up later and be like, well, how did that go again? Um, so having that, that, that fresh experience and, and doing it the way that it was kind of designed to be done um, was, was actually pretty eye-opening for me because I remember even back in the 75 era, uh, I was in a rush to get to 75 to end game because, you know, going and doing sky and going and doing Kings was like the, the biggest thing. Um, you know, I constantly had that pressure from people. It's like, Oh, you got to get here and do this. Um, but slowing it down, having of course the meta knowledge that I do of the game and being able to experience that with a, uh, with a buddy that I brought on board the game. Um, it, it definitely added some fun. And what I will tell you is that uh, none of that content was obviously balanced for Rune Fencer, which came out later. Uh, Rune Fencer was incredibly OP throughout the entire experience. Oh, yeah. No mission was going to kill you because all the stuff that was killing you before, like, I don't know, maybe blaze spikes even or something. You know, that's that's yeah. not, a, not a thing for Rune Fencer. Yeah. Or actually resisting the end stun from Omega. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, it was... It was like I said, it, it was uh, it was definitely it, it was an actual adventure. Like, like I, I can look back at that with rose colored glasses because that entire experience was fun. See, that's what everyone focuses on when they talk about how great seventy five was because it wasn't. They focus on those good things like uh, finally beating uh, uh, their COP mission, uh, the airship fight, and and stuff like that, and losing over and over again, or the mammoths or something like that. They look at those and they go, "Oh man, it was so great." Or they look at like uh, I don't know 
beating mission fights actually used to be difficult. And look at that, I'm like, oh, that was so much fun. But they ignore everything else from, oh, man, this is great. We get to run everywhere. And you would you would spend hours of your day. If you played the game for a long time, like most of us do, if you're out of the free time to do it, then you, you spend all that time running around and doing nothing and, and not getting a party or trying to solo and getting no XP or being stuck or needing people or not knowing where to go because it's not written or, you know, it's like there's nothing great about uh, having to wait an hour to get more XP because your tank left and every tank at that level range already leveled up and they don't need XP anymore and you can't do it. You know, being able to call out trusts or whatever and being independent in the game now and being able to go experience the game if you so choose to, uh, it's more liberating and enjoyable than it was then because, yeah, I was in a rush to get to 75. All I want to do is get 75 because everyone was doing 75 things. There was like, you're like new or you're in the game for years at that point. So everyone's level cap and it's like, everyone's just doing that. And all the stuff you look at and they're running around in that gear and you think it's cool and they're all this and that. And it's like, yeah, I want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, pulling out the trusts and like doing that leveling process is still far, far faster than it was back in the day. It's more enjoyable to get to play your job with with a white mage that is more dependable or a tank that actually didn't show up with an unleveled sub-job that's warrior 5 at level 40 because they just need provoke, obviously, and they didn't get any good gear, and they're like making the fights take forever because the white mage has got to use more MP, and it's got to sit down and rest, and it's like, how is that fun to party, and you got to wait like a minute, like, okay, guys, I'm going to go to the bathroom and get some like like drinks or something. The white mage is resting for HP and MP. Or the guy that uh, that does exactly three fights after he levels and magically disconnects from the game. Oh, had that happen. Weird. That seems like just enough XP to have a uh, buffer for when you died. Which is something we didn't even talk about yet, where, uh, <laughs> where once upon a time, if you died, you lost 10% of your XP. And de-leveling and, the uh, event, and that was it. I remember people de-leveling a Dynamis and they couldn't do anything. <laughs> Oh, yeah, because you, you used to have to carry, uh, especially if you were like a tank or like a really squishy DD or a black mage or something, um, you would carry around backup gear uh, that you could wear in case you de-leveled. Oh, yeah. And uh, nowadays, people get like 6,000 XP a kill and stuff, and, and they're just like, oh, man, this is so slow. Why can't it be 10,000? And like we're we're used to situations where like if you were getting like chain five for 240 xp that was like that was like the shit like that was like the gold standard we could have an entire whole episode on nostalgia of course i mean that would actually be i a think good we one. have because well yeah yeah i guess we didn't talk too much we started off with who we are nothing that anyone cared about and then we actually got into the game and maybe that was good but we could have even more we can go into like you know uh ramp harness on thief subbing warrior with the tommy shield Stuff like that. You know, there's a lot of mechanics back in the day. Samurai and Ohat sub-thief to keep hailing the paladin. Yeah. Because you wouldn't want a thief to do that. You want the samurai with its strong weapon skills to be the better heat planter. Forget the thief. That treasure hunter only. Get out of here. You get behind him and you gecko that man. <laughs> gecko? Oh, I missed, huh? That's unfortunate. Well, let me wait 30 seconds. Hang on. Hold on. Meditate's not ready. Everyone turn. See? The paladin lost hate. Uh, I think it's important that uh, that we actually kick the podcast off with this because it's good for people to know the the perspective that we're coming from. Like if we talk about things that could be optimized nowadays, and like if we're talking about like um, meta decisions or or whether or not you should play the game for fun or you know for 
for glory, I guess is the only other way to put it. Um, you know, that that's ultimately your decision, but like our perspective is going to come from these things that we experienced back then and contrasting it to how it is now and, and like how players were built then as opposed to how players are built now. And, and, uh, you know, sometimes, uh, sometimes that's a sticking point when you, when you end up with people in party because you don't know who is just like insta burn to their, their level cap and, uh, you know, don't know what divine veil is. Oh, I just need frailty and fury on Geo, right? That's the only bubbles I know, guys. Right. And I mean, glory as a whole, I don't try to go down because you never know what's on the other side. I actually was helping a group. Um, I because I, I'm helping a group right now. I'm not going to like name them or anything, um, but I was helping them do uh, all the Omen bosses because they are a new and returning player shell, and uh, they're 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 really trying to get it done. And I remember asking the Geo to provide a Vex during Koyu for some reason. I, I it, it was legitimate though, and I remember him saying, "Well, I don't want to stand right next to it." So I go, well, just do the Geo one then and, and kind of stand back because I was tanking it and holding it for him so that they knew, you know, how the mechanics of the fight work with like the bravado and all that stuff. And he goes, I don't have Geo Vex. <laughs> and that's the sort of thing where I will kind of become an asshole because you should, you should do the bare minimum if you're going to try to bring a job to something. I, I understand that. Before that. Yeah, I, I understand that everyone thinks they're a DD and that sometimes they can't get into the group on a DD because they have to be that responsible person. So they're like the next best sort of person, you know, for towards making the group work. But uh, when when that person does the, the absolute, what they think is the bare minimum to make the job work and then doesn't have what you need from the support job when you're already going, you've, you've kind of already sold the run short at that point. It's like the people who, who don't, who, who use like the AF bell on Geo and don't use the, the at least the plus five demo. Or the one you get off the age. Because they just don't know how Geomancy works altogether. And uh, Geomancy is something that I'm, I'm probably going to complain about in later podcasts because I am a, a Geo. When I'm not Rune Fencer, I'm usually on Geo. Wait, we're having um, later podcasts? Yeah, sure, why not? Oh, God, this was a train wreck, wasn't it? Yeah, probably. Eh, if you can get past the first five or ten minutes of this, you might actually enjoy the rest of it, I'm sure. Do you want to stop? Train. The nostalgia train. Do you want to call it and then do another topic or something, and then call it for this episode? Um, we can call it for this episode. Uh, I, I don't think that I, I. I'm actually at a hard stop because I do actually have to take that group through something here very soon. Ah, okay. So I actually don't have time to, to record another one today, but uh, I definitely want to get together and do that again. Though. Okay, we'll talk about that. Well, thank you, Fox. That was good. Yeah, no problem, man. Uh, thanks for, for getting a hold of me and trying to set this thing up. Um, ultimately, uh, what I want to try to provide, um, you know, assuming we do more here in the future, is I, I want to help people be able to like learn this game because people can get into the game, they can do whatever they they do to to get their job to where they think it is at one nineteen and where they think they can like help in content. But uh, my goal, my personal goal for this, is to try to get people to learn how this game works because I don't think uh, I don't think a lot of that really exists nowadays. Um, but I can ramble on forever, so let's go ahead and, and try to try to wrap up, man. Well, yeah, and and to you wanting to help people, I I got off that whole train a long time ago. I don't want to help anyone. I just want to provide the resources because when I was a new player, um, you know, I needed those resources and they helped me 
give me at least the opportunity to, if I wanted to do something or be better or know what to do or get a better clue or try to feel like I have a handle over everything. And, and, you know, I try to do a good job. I don't know if everyone else cares about doing a good job. I don't know what they're playing for, but you know, I wanted that. And, and so I try to provide that. But as far as helping people, I, you know, I just want to play. I'm not, every single person lines up for help. And most of the time they just want to take and they're not, you know, it, it, they don't come in good faith. So I just, I don't even help people. I hear you, man. I, I definitely hear that. It's tough, you know, cause it makes you the bad guy, but you just, I don't know. You get tired of this. Like, like last night with the guy yelling, uh, to try and sell wave three. And then, uh, you know, Oh, here's our YouTube. Watch us buy our wave three runs. And first of all, you know, okay, now you're American. Now you're yelling a YouTube channel and now you're spamming it like an asshole. So then I yell, let's not do that or whatever. And then the guy's like, Oh, I have a question about Dragoon. Could you answer it? And it's like, really? 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 No, no, that's not happening. And clearly there's a lot of class and tech and things like that. Didn't know it was against the terms of service to Merck. Sorry. And it's like, no, it's not about that. You're just an asshole. <laughs> yeah. That never came up once, man. If you weren't an asshole, I'd be more than happy to give you whatever answer you need. And I don't even have the answers. I have to ask. I mean, when I made that Dragoon gun, I had to ask all these people like this stuff because I'm like, I want to make sure it's good. And I don't know the full length of this. And I had to go talk to Martell and All Star and all these other people. I couldn't have made that as decent as it is uh, without getting all the other resources and tools from everyone else. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm just a link in the chain. Like everyone thinks I know things. I don't, I'm just, I'm the middleman. Yeah. So I, I guess kind of what I was alluding to is um, I, I'm one of the leaders of a, a link show called LOL lock style. And we do things that aren't exactly meta most of the time. And we still win content. We've won all the content in the game. And uh, that, that's not really what I want to go on about though. Um, what I do for that shell is I'm the strategist when it comes to approaching these things from like a weird angle. And I'm also kind of like uh, the mathematician when it comes to applying what these people have gone out of their way uh, to provide formulas for uh, the people that spicy were talking about and uh, basically apply the optimization to making their gear work because of how these formulas work. And I spend a lot of time doing a lot of nerdy math. And uh, that's, that's kind of, it's kind of absurd for me to want to tell people to learn how to play the game and expect them to do that because there's no way that's fun for everybody. But just learning the mechanics of the game and doing that if you choose to do so is kind of like the, the way I, I want to, to be able to guide people in because I, I personally don't feel that I can bitch about how bad Azura is because that's usually what I end up saying is that Azura is full of awful players. And uh, I, I can't complain about that unless I actively try to do something to to change it. That's a good perspective. So, yeah, thanks, man. Oh, well, you know, I can't be as holy as thou, obviously. But, right. you know, but let's call <laughs> that. So, I mean, it was good. We'll get back together again, Fox. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Yeah, take it easy, everybody. Uh, thanks again, Spicy. WTF Fan of Deal, signing off. See you.